Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Welcome to WriteCast, a casual conversation for serious writers, a monthly podcast by the Walden University Writing Center. I'm Claire Hilikoski. And I'm Casey Walls. Today is the very first edition of the WriteCast Book Club. I'll be discussing Paul Sylvia's How to Write a Lot with Walden writing instructor Cheryl Reed. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome back to the podcast. Regular WriteCast listeners will remember Cheryl from episode number 62, where we talked about how to start and sustain a writing group. So before we get started talking about how to write a lot, could you reintroduce yourself, Cheryl? Sure. I've been a writing instructor here in the Walden Writing Center for about two years now, and I've been teaching academic writing for 10 years. But I'm also currently working on my dissertation for a Ph.D. in English, so I'm really excited to be here (laughs) and talk about this particular book with you today. And for those of you who caught episode 62, you already know that Cheryl and I have a writing group to support each other through our dissertations, so it seems really fitting that we both found our way to Sylvia's text. The book caught my eye when a former grad school colleague posted a review of it on Goodreads. She had really positive things to say, and this was during a time when I was really struggling to stay motivated with my own writing. How did you come across the book, Cheryl? So it's been a while since I first bought and read this book, but I think that I came across it during my PhD coursework when I was looking for ways to kind of improve my relationship with my writing. So I started by reading some writing advice by Robert Boyce, who is also great. And then I must have stumbled across Sylvia's book somehow. I really like Boyce's writing as well. And he actually kind of has a similar tone and outlook on writing that Sylvia presents. If you didn't get a chance to pick up a copy of Sylvia's book for yourself, How to Write a Lot is a pretty quick read with chapters like Specious Barriers to Writing a Lot and Motivational Tools. And it also includes a list of Sylvia's own favorite books. I think some of Boyce's might be in that Mm -hmm. list. Um, And he has a very informal tone throughout the book, a little bit of humor and a little bit of tough love. I think tough love is definitely the way to put it. (laughs) Sylvia is super straightforward, really no nonsense. Mm -hmm. And although he has some great specific strategies in this book, it can actually be summed up pretty simply. Basically, he says, sit your butt in the chair and get (laughs) writing. Exactly. Yeah. One quote that really stuck out for me comes at the very beginning of the book. On page 15, he writes, making a schedule is the secret to productive writing. If you don't plan to make a schedule, gently close this book, clean it so it looks brand new and give it as a gift to a friend who wants to be a better writer. So (laughs) making and sticking to a schedule is the primary recommendation that Sylvia makes throughout the text. And he returns to the importance of that again and again. This is so true for me. As I've mentioned on my previous WriteCast appearances, um, I'm fitting in my dissertation work alongside a full-time job here at Walden and then a toddler who demands quite a lot of time and attention. And a lot of our Walden students are in similar situations. Mm -hmm. So just in order to do all that, I have to keep a really regular writing schedule. And I tend to write, not tend to, I schedule my writing time 
in the early mornings so that I get my writing done before there's any chance for my day to be derailed by something crazy like having a sick kid when he wakes up in the morning. And I'm also maybe a little weird in that I'm a writing instructor who doesn't like actually writing very much. (laughs) So sticking to my schedule helps me make sure that I get that writing done. If I waited until I felt like writing, I would be waiting for a really long time. (laughs) And that actually reminds me of another point that Sylvia makes that's really stuck with me. Um, A popular excuse for not writing is talking about writer's block. And Mm -hmm. Sylvia has zero sympathy for a writer (laughs) who claims to have writing writer's block. Um, So according to Sylvia, this is a this is a quote. Writer's block is a good example of a dispositional fallacy. A description of a behavior can't also explain the described behavior. Writer's block is nothing more than the behavior of not writing. So saying that you can't write because of writer's block is merely saying that you can't write because you aren't writing. (laughs) And um, actually, in an earlier section of the book, Sylvia references a study by Robert Boyce. He's the author um, both Cheryl and I mentioned earlier where writers were broken up into three groups. Um, one was told they could only write during, you know, writing emergencies. I'm not really sure what those would be, <laughs> but that was when they were told to write. Um, another was told only to write when they were inspired to write. And then the third was told they had to write every day. So similar to your schedule, Cheryl, um, voice requested that they, they make that a really big priority to do some writing every day. Yeah, I remember that study. So in it, not only did the people who were required to write every day produce more than three times the number Mm -hmm. of pages than the sort of wait for inspiration group, (laughs) which that part might be expected because they have to write every day. Mm -hmm. So if they're writing, they're going to produce pages. (laughs) But they also reported half as many days spent between coming up with creative ideas to include in their writing. So they were producing more and they were more creative. Can you think of a better argument for creating a writing routine? It's like you're scheduling your inspiration. Exactly. Okay, so another tip I've taken from Sylvia's book is to keep track of your progress. And this helps you objectively measure how much writing you're getting done and it helps you see how far you've already come, even when there's still a long way to go. So for me, I've been keeping track of both my time spent on writing each day and then also the number of words that I've written. And I found that this data can come in really handy when I'm thinking about tweaking my writing schedule, either to add more time or to say, maybe I need to back off the writing time. So because I have that data, I can take a look at how much time I've actually put in in the past. And that gives me a sense of how much time I should go for in the future. And then the other way that I'm keeping track is uh, I have a calendar sticker chart on the wall by my desk. And on it, I've got deadlines. I've got, you know, time off, vacations, anything else that might impact my writing time in some way. And I put a star sticker on it every day after I finish working on my dissertation. And that might seem really silly. But when I look at that that calendar that has these stars on all of those days, I feel so proud. It feels great. <laughs> I so love do that you idea. Keep any... <laughs> Thank you. Do you keep track of any of your writing data, Casey? 
Um, I try to because uh, similarly, I feel like I need that motivation. It can seem like the finish line is so, so far away, particularly mm-hmm. with something like a dissertation. And so um, having those kinds of notes or, or stickers, I love the idea of stickers, um, <laughs> to see that, you know, you're, you're making progress, I think is so important. And um, I've actually been using a website called My Tomatoes, and it allows mm-hmm. me to track the number of 25-minute palms or pomodoros that I complete each day. And I think, actually, it was you, Cheryl, who introduced me to the Pomodoro method. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard of it, the Pomodoro method is a technique where you set a timer for 25 minutes, and the goal is to focus on a single task for the full 25 minutes. And once that timer goes off, you give yourself a five-minute break. And I really like it because similar to Cheryl's situation, I've got a lot of different things that I need to work on each day, but I always have at least 30 minutes that I can devote to writing or reading or doing something to progress in my dissertation work. So the Pomodoro method keeps me from thinking that just because I don't have like a huge chunk of time to write that I shouldn't even try to start. Um, and that's actually another point that Sylvia makes. He, he refers to the common idea that we'll get so much done over the weekend or during a school break, but that if we're always waiting for these giant blocks of writing time to write, we're not going to get much accomplished. Yes, absolutely. I think the Pomodoro method is a really good fit for the rest of Sylvia's advice. And I find that telling myself that I only have to try for 25 minutes and then if I still don't want to do it, I can just stop. That's such a great way to get myself going on those kind of I don't want to dragging myself to my (laughs) desk days because most of the time, if I if I give it 10 minutes, 25 minutes, I'll keep going. So it seems like we both agree with a lot of what Sylvia recommends. Did you find anything that you disagreed with? I don't think I necessarily disagreed with any of Sylvia's suggestions, but I just don't think all of them necessarily apply to my own situation. So one of his suggestions is to use other writing projects as motivation or or maybe like filler if you just kind of need a break from whatever you're working on at that moment. But I am putting this kind of, you know, rule on myself that I can't start anything until I finish my dissertation and I'm not even thinking about other projects. So while I like the idea of using another project, kind of that idea that we're always excited to start something new, right, as kind of that carrot um, for, for finishing your current project, it's just not necessarily that helpful for me in my situation where I'm just trying to really get this dissertation done. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Casey. And (laughs) I think it comes down to writing time for me Mm -hmm. because if I only have an hour each day to work on writing and I want to finish my degree soon, I'm ready to finish. (laughs) Right now, it just makes sense for me to focus only on my dissertation. Mm -hmm. But I could see rotating projects being useful in other contexts. So another point that I do find motivating is when Sylvia writes um, that any action that is instrumental in completing a writing project counts as writing. And some mornings, like I say, I write in early mornings, and sometimes I wake up and I feel distracted or I didn't have a great night's sleep. 
And on those days, instead of sort of forcing myself to do that words on the page writing, I instead use that same writing time for less demanding tasks. Like maybe I format my references, I do some sentence level revisions, or even search for some sources in the library. And those kinds of tasks aren't writing in the sense that I'm not putting new words down on the page or the screen, but they're still really important and they still move my project forward. They still have to get done at some point. Mm-hmm. And so I think that having a more holistic view of this idea of writing makes the idea of writing on a schedule much more manageable. And it helps me show up on those days when I might not feel like it. And I always wind up glad that I did show up. <laughs> yeah, and I love that point, Cheryl. It's definitely something that I try to keep in mind because I know I have days when I do not feel like I want to do any dissertation work. And <laughs> I know that like both of us, a lot of our Walden students are juggling multiple roles alongside working their working towards their degrees. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's really important to give yourself credit for all the work that you accomplish each day. Absolutely. I really think of academic writing as a long-term investment. Whether you're writing discussion posts and papers over the course of your program or you're completing a doctoral capstone, um, it's just it's a lot of work, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) So celebrating those everyday wins and finding ways to reward yourself along the way can make a big difference in your attitude towards your writing. Definitely. And we hope that talking about Sylvia's book has maybe helped you shift your thinking or keep thinking positively about your writing progress. And we're going to include some links to more information about the Pomodoro method and resources for crafting strong writing goals um, and some more of Cheryl and my favorite quotes from Sylvia's book in our show notes. So, Cheryl, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and helping me with this first WriteCast book club episode. Thanks for having me, Casey. I'm looking forward to reading along with WriteCast again. (laughs) If you have any ideas about books you'd like us to discuss in future book club episodes, you can let us know at writingsupport at waldenu.edu. And Cheryl, will you help me close out today? I would love to. Until next time, keep writing. Keep inspiring. WriteCast is a monthly podcast produced by the Walden University Writing Center. Visit our online writing center at academicguides.waldenu.edu slash writing center. Find more WriteCast episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast app. We would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our blog, Facebook, and Twitter, and at writingsupport at waldenu.edu. Thanks for listening.